Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ. Living Orthodoxy is the parish podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. This is the day which the Lord has made. We are gathered today, of course. Sunday is the Lord's Day. As it says in the Old Testament, a day of holy convocation. And we're grateful that our country still recognizes to a degree that the, the Lord's Day is a time for rest. And I'm glad to be here with you. Today we're also celebrating the feast of the fathers of the Seventh Ecumenical Council. We think of this in terms of the Sunday of Orthodoxy in Lent and the triumph of iconography in the Byzantine Empire. But we forget that actually the Seventh Ecumenical Council solved the theological issues, 787, but it wasn't until 843 that the imperial throne finally caught up with the uh, ecclesiastical throne. Father Boniface always talked about this in terms of that was the battle for orthodoxy that raged for 150 years around the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ can be depicted since he was a real man. And the saints are real depictions of the real man, Jesus Christ, who really shows us who God is. And he would say, Father Boniface would say, the battle for orthodoxy is every generation. For right belief in Christ, the God-man, is always embattled. We can just turn on our turn on our televisions, our phones, and we see the craziness in the world, gender confusion, all of this other stuff that strikes at the heart of what it means to be a person and is modern-day uh, iconoclasm, destroying the image and likeness of humanity, of God that is humanity. We can think of what are the hallmarks of orthodoxy, the hallmarks of a strong Christian identity. Of course, we have fatherhood, God's fatherhood, who is the God of our fathers, who has spoke through us, through the Holy Fathers, the Desert Fathers, our priests, as sinful as we are, as spiritual fathers having married priests who are physical fathers and spiritual fathers. The commandment to honor your father and your mother and the joy of fertile families, that we have fatherhood, is important in orthodoxy. We also have history, the Bible as the church's document, the saints who defended the truth throughout the ages, the community that we see that continuity, the relics, the leftovers of the Holy Ones, the places of pilgrimage that bring us into contact with those Holy Ones, and the veneration are bowing before holy history, bowing before our fathers and our mothers. We can't think of Christianity 
without beauty, without sanctification, without liturgy, without music, without iconography, without special attention to detail to make everything appropriate to God. We can't think of it without repentance. Repentance is prayer, asceticism, working with God, cultivating our hearts by His grace with this asymmetric synergy. It's confession, it's tears, it's fasting and vigil. We can't think of Christ without thinking about love, love, sacrificial love, self-emptying love, suffering, martyrdom, purity, chastity, modesty, without thinking about stillness and simplicity. We can't think about Christ without thinking about death. He is the one who trampled down death by his death. The crucifixion, our own martyrdoms, our own death to self in marriage and family, our own remembrance of death, our own memorial services for our loved ones. We can't think about the life in Christ without warfare, our watchfulness, our obedience, the order of the church, the constant training. And finally, we can't think about the life in Christ without fruitfulness, giving alms, supporting the church, showing mercy, providing for justice in society, showing hospitality, giving the good word in evangelism and missions. And this is what we are focusing on today in memory of the Holy Father. In their memory, we read Titus chapter 3, and we were told to excel in good works and not to be unfruitful. Let me tell you, this is my fear for myself, for my children, and for each of you, my spiritual children, that we would be unfruitful that we would not capitalize on the good things that God has given us, that we would smother the lamp of our faith, or that we would bury our talents, that we would hide our gifts from God's work. But we don't do that, and that's why we are here this morning. We don't do that, and that's why we're tired. It's hard to get up on Sunday morning because we push throughout the week. We don't do that because we know that salvation is the free gift that costs everything. So how do we do this? How can we be fruitful? That question is answered in the gospel this morning. The gospel shares with us and then unpacks the metaphor of the spiritual life as the seed of the good news of Christ that is sown in our hearts. And those hearts are either the hard soil on the path, the rocky soil off the path, the thorny soil, or the good soil. 
I remember reading this now for 25 years. I've been reading this parable for 25 years. And I've read it very differently in the last 25 years. I used to think, and I think many of us are tempted, maybe the, the Calvinist uh, undergirding of our Western society in America makes us think this way. We used to be tempted to think that this is a static, predestined state, that some of us are just born on the path predestined for destruction. But that's not the case. This is not the case. This is a demonic a delusion and a whisper from hell to think that there is no repentance, to think that there is no hope, to think that my heart will always be hard or rocky or thorny. This is a whisper from hell. And this is why I believe that. Not just because the Holy Fathers talk about how we need to cultivate our hearts, but because St. Paul in Romans chapter 9 seems to be saying that God is not unjust to make an arbitrarily fashion some vessels for destruction and some for glory. And most of that chapter is dedicated to that. He's defending God's justice in the face of the judgment. And he asks, does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump of clay to make one vessel for honor and one for glory? One vessel for honor and one for dishonor. That makes us uncomfortable, and it should. However, when we read his thought developed and applied pastorally in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we see where he was going. Verses 20 and 21, he says, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the wood and the clay, the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. St. Paul is reminding the Apostle Timothy, people can change, hearts can change, the hardness of the heart can melt can soften, the coldness of the heart can melt. So don't fall for this false premise that the soil of our heart is static. So I want to ask you briefly in closing, is your heart hard like the path? Have the demons snatched away the gospel? Has the seed of the word been trampled underfoot? by our hardness of heart. If that's the case, that can change. That can change in confession. That can change in prayer. That can change in reconciliation. I want to ask you, is the soil of your heart rocky? Emotional instability, great surges of joy, and then waning to dryness. Is the soil of your heart thorny? Are the cares and riches and pleasures of this world 
choking out the good fruit that God has sown in your heart so that you can have a rich eternal harvest. There are some of us here with hard hearts and the gospel will be trampled and snatched from your heart unless you repent. I'm talking to myself as well as you. There are some of us here who have stony hearts and the gospel will quickly wither unless we remove the stones in repentance. There are some of us here who have thorny hearts and we're too busy and the gospel will remain immature, unfruitful, unless you repent. It is possible by God's grace and the sacraments and in asceticism to soften the hard heart, to remove the rocks, to uproot the thorns. But we must be willing to forgive. We must be willing to humble ourselves. We must be willing to lay aside all earthly cares. We must be willing, like all the saints who had noble and good hearts, to bear fruit with patience. Is it worth the labor, brothers and sisters? It is worth the labor. Because God has entrusted the gospel to us so that we can share in his life unto ages of ages. Amen. For more information about St. Philip Orthodox Church, visit us online at st-philip.net.